0: You're listening to the micro version of the Savage Lovecast at savage.love.
1: If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for
2: sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask on the
3: Savage Cast. I couldn't pick a single topic to kick off this week's show. There's just too much good stuff out there. So I'm going to tear through a few topics before we begin. First up, Reverend Meth and Manass, Reverend Ted Haggard back in the headlines and back in them for precisely what you might have guessed if you're old enough to remember the last time Reverend Meth and Manass was giving us all headlines. Back in 2006, Haggard was the head of the National Association of Evangelicals, a powerful leader, on the religious right, founder of a mega, mega church in Colorado Springs, which is probably now a mega, mega church like all the others. Haggard, at the time, had a weekly phone call with then President George W. Bush, the worst president we thought we'd ever have. Boy, were we wrong. And Haggard wasn't just openly anti-gay. He was flagrantly anti-gay, flamingly anti-gay. And then a gay sex worker heard Haggard publicly attacking gays and figured people had a right to know Haggard had been privately attacking his dick. So Mike Jones, honest sex worker, outed Ted Haggard, dishonest preacher. And it turns out Haggard wasn't just after sex from Jones. He begged Jones to buy him meth and Jones had it all on tape, voicemails, Haggard left him. The Haggard sex scandal broke right before the 2006 midterm elections. And after that election, a lot of political observers thought the Haggard scandal helped create a Democratic wave that year. In 2006, Dems took the House and Senate, a bunch of state houses, and governor's mansions. Voters were disgusted with pious hypocrites like Ted Haggard and incompetent fucking idiots like George W. Bush. Well, looks like the scandal fairy or the good omen fairy. Or both those fairies want this year's midterm elections to go the way the 2006 midterm elections did. How else to explain Haggard making headlines for being back on the poll just a few months before the rest of us go to the polls? The Denver Gazette reports powerhouse preacher Ted Haggard faces new allegations of illicit behavior. Haggard founded a new church in 2010 because of course he did. Because P.T. Barnum was wrong. There's not a sucker born every minute. There's a sucker baptized every minute. Well, it turns out young men at Haggard's new church have come forward to say Haggard has been touching them inappropriately, allegedly, and also using meth, again, allegedly. Here's hoping Reverend Meth and Manass does for 2022 what he did for 2006 sprinkles a little of that vote the pious hypocrites out fairy dust all over the election and helps. Elect Dems. When I call him Reverend Meth and Manas, I'm referring to a song that actor and musician Paul Hipp wrote about Haggard, Meth and Manas on a Sunday morning. Worth looking up, worth listening to. Still slaps, so good. Been listening to it all morning. Next, a quick update on Stan Pulliam. You may remember Stan. He was the Republican mayor of a small town in Oregon who is running for governor of Oregon. As a family values conservative and a Trump supporter, a backer of the big lie, Stan was going on right-wing media outlets to campaign against Portland values the same way national conservatives campaign against San Francisco values. Ooh, the big cities. That's where the perverts are. You got to watch out. At one point, Stan was the front runner and looking like he might get the Republican nomination for governor. But then we all learned that Pulliam, the mayor of a tiny town, Sandy, Oregon, Pulliam and his wife, were swingers. Swingers that swang or swung with other swingers in, you'll never guess, Portland. So there were some Portland values Stan couldn't get behind, like living wages or defunding the police. But there were some he could, like open relationships and group sex and watching other men fuck the mother of your children. Pulliam didn't deny it. That's to his credit, I guess, but he couldn't really deny it. There was too much evidence, photographic evidence, to... Incredibly deny these charges. But Pulliam argued that it was a private matter. You know, privacy. Republicans have a right to some. You don't have a right to any. And he said it was a long time ago, way, 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 way back in 2016. Turns out GOP voters were not throbbing with excitement at the prospect of pulling their levers for Stan. Oregon's GOP voters didn't come through for Pulliam. Unlike Portland's swingers, GOP voters didn't seem to want to come anywhere near pollium. Don't know how I missed it at the time. The vote was back on May 17th. Pulliam came in third in a crowded field. Sloppy thirds with just 10% of the vote. And finally, who is the Prince of Pegging? And why was Prince of Pegging trending on Twitter last week in the UK? Claire Lampin at the cut ranked the likely candidates from most to least likely. Prince William, Prince Harry, Prince Andrew, and Prince Philip. Gotta say, that last one, Prince Philip, seems not just least likely to me, but impossible, seeing as Prince Philip has been dead for two years. Lampin's piece at the cut open with the likeliest candidate, Prince William. But before we go too far down this road, Lampin wrote, I should note that William's purported love of pegging derives from pure speculation. Nothing here comes remotely close to being Confirmed. Lampin traces the rumor back to a royal blind item on a celebrity gossip slash PR account called Du Moi. At a recent media party, the Du Moi blind item author writes, I was told the real reason for this royal's rumored affair was the royal's love of pegging, which his wife is far too old-fashioned to engage in. The wife doesn't mind and in fact prefers her husband getting his sexual needs met elsewhere. Here's hoping this royal wife, whoever she might be, just like Mrs. Haggard and Mrs. Pulliam, is getting her needs met elsewhere too. But you know why I care about this, right? With Prince of pegging trending in the UK over the weekend and online searches for the definition of pegging in the UK skyrocketing, the definition my readers created, there are now more people in the UK home to the Oxford English Dictionary who know the definition of pegging today, than knew the definition of pegging last week. So Oxford English Dictionary editors, we have another argument here for getting pegging into finally the Oxford English Dictionary where it belongs. That's really all I want for Christmas. We got a lot of calls from by guys last week. Who better to help us tackle them than America's most prominent By guy, Zachary Zane, sex advice columnist himself, co-author of Men's Health, Best Sex Ever, and the forthcoming memoir that you can order now, pre-order now online, Boy Slut. Zachary Zane joins me to help answer a few questions. We talk about dibs, the bro code, monkeypox, and how to ask your third in your regular three ways whether they've been tested for STIs. And of course, be sure to read my advice column every week, Savage Love, which goes up Tuesday mornings at savage.love slash savage love. This week I explain the difference between cut queening, hot husbanding, and whoring out your husband to a woman who tried to do her own research but just wound up more confused. That's in Savage Love. Now let's get to your calls on the Savage Love Cast. This episode of the Savage Lovecast is brought to you by FrameBridge. FrameBridge makes it easier and more affordable than ever to frame your favorite things without ever having to leave the house. Go to FrameBridge.com and use the promo code SAVAGE to save an additional 15% off your first order. This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Right now, my listeners get 50% off your first order of up to $15 value. Use promo code SAVAGE at checkout when you spend $12 or more. Terms apply.
0: This episode of The Lovecast is brought to you by the good folks at Squarespace. They make it easy to build a beautiful website, blog, or online store. Head on over to squarespace.com slash savage for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code savage to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain.
2: Hey, Dan. I am a gay 43-year-old man living in Southern California. Always considered myself maybe a little bit bi, but I've only... Um, had sex with men and dated men up until this point and I've always enjoyed MMF porn and kind of fantasize about being with a man and a woman at the same time but I've never kind of had the opportunity or sought out the opportunity to do that Uh, recently I was on the apps and I was horny and I met a trans man Um, so this is a man with a vagina And we clicked and ended up getting together and having sex. And it was phenomenal. It was great sex. They were super fun. And what I really liked about it was I loved their vagina. I loved licking it and I loved playing with the clit and I liked fucking it. And I never thought before that I would be so into a vagina. Uh, Now I can't stop thinking about it. And I kind of want to sleep with a woman. But my dilemma or my question is I don't really want to sleep with a woman and tell her that I'm a gay man. I just feel like she will treat it differently than if it was a heterosexual uh man sleeping with her. And and I can't really thoroughly explain why that is in my head. I just have that feeling like I don't want to go into it as like I'm a gay man sleeping with you. I've thought about going to other cities to do this so that it can be kind of pre-established that this is like, you know, I'm in town for business. It's a one one time meetup type of situation. Is it ethical for me to sleep with a woman and not disclose my sexuality as long as it's kind of pre-established as like a really short term relationship?
3: Your question reminded me of a subplot in I May Destroy You, which was is the insanely good HBO comedy drama created by Michaela Cole, uh, who also stars in it. The whole series really explores consent and what can be blurry about consent and problematic. And and there's a there's a subplot with a gay male character, one of uh, Michaela Cole's character's best friend. Uh, that character's named Kwame. And he you know, in the wake of a sexual assault begins to be curious about maybe sleeping with a woman or feeling safer, sleeping with a woman. And he picks up a woman and he's a gay identified man. He sleeps with that woman without disclosing to her that he was a gay man. And of course that woman made the entirely reasonable assumption that this guy who was interested in her was straight, maybe by but definitely interested in her, interested in women generally, open to women romantically and sexually. Kwame was out experimenting. And this woman is angry later because she didn't consent to being experimented on or experimented in or experimented with. So yeah, the message in I may destroy you, one of the things Kwame learns is that's something that he did need to disclose and his failure to disclose or his allowing this woman to make the entirely reasonable assumption in that instance in that case uh in the case of here's this hot dude who's interested in me sexually that that was, you know, leveraging the reasonable assumption in a way that tiptoes into or collapses into an unethical violation of someone's consent. You know, a lot of people run around saying you shouldn't make these assumptions. You shouldn't make assumptions. If you make an assumption, that's on you. But, you know, I'm a gay dude. If I ask some woman out on a date, as Kwame did, she's going to make the entirely reasonable assumption that I am, at the very least, not a gay dude, straight or bi, And so how does this all play into your circumstance? Well, if you want to have a sexual experience with a woman, I definitely think you should explore the male, male, female, three-way option. There are a lot of bi guys out there with female partners uh, who are interested in finding a guy who is down to fuck them and fuck with them, but also down to fuck with the wife. And so you could, as the mostly gay guy who's into women, into pussy, be in great demand. And that MMF three-way that you have fantasized about is certainly something that with a little bit of digging around on field or other dating apps, it wouldn't be hard to set up for yourself. But if you're fantasizing about meeting someone and then really thinking that you're a straight guy, that means allowing them to make that assumption. Is it ethical to do that? Well, if you're going to make it clear to someone that this is a hookup that you're in town for business and you're never going to be back and you're not interested in a relationship or a connection that you're just looking for sex. Well, I guess it's a little less problematic because even though you're allowing this person to make the assumption that you're straight and if that person believing in you as sort of a tinkerbell heterosexual at that moment, if that person clapping for you, arouses you or is going to make it easier for you to not easier for you to perform, but you know, you're going to be able to role play the straight guy and this person's mistaken belief that you are a straight guy is going to fuel your fantasy. And is that okay? Well, I guess I, I kind of, I'm hemming and hawing because I kind of want to sign off on it. I don't think that your sexual orientation is necessarily something that you have to disclose to someone that you're gonna have a one-time sexual encounter with. And you are, as you are discovering, bier than you thought you were. And maybe you're moving into identifying as bisexual now. And, and you know, there's nothing bi about a gay guy sleeping with a trans guy with a pussy that's gay zaggs But you're not just interested in pussies attached to men, you're interested in pussies attached to women. And so I think. You're moving toward bisexuality, perhaps a bisexual identity. And yeah, yeah, I guess I would sign off on this, but I, I would warn you that it is a small world. And this person who is out of town with our phones spying on us all the time may stumble over you on Instagram and see that you are a gay identified man living a mostly gay life. All that said, you also have the option of putting it out there exactly who you are. I'm a gay dude, mostly slept with gay guys, been gay identified all this time, interested in exploring sex, one-off with a woman. There are a lot of women out there that I hear from all the time and have heard from for 30 years who would like to get with a gay guy. I think you should explore that too. I don't think that you're required to explore that only. But that's also definitely an option for you. And maybe being with a woman... Who's grooving on, turned on by the idea of your homosexuality or your gay identity would be just as exciting, just as arousing as being with a woman who had completely bought into the idea that you, the guy in front of her, the guy she's having this one night stand with, the guy from out of town, is a straight guy, which, you know, isn't an assumption that women should make about every guy that they meet, but is a reasonable assumption. And if you don't want to be guilty, of leveraging someone's reasonable assumption against them to get something out of them they might not have given you had they not made that reasonable assumption, you will disclose.
4: Hello, Dan. This is a gay man out here in the Southwest. and I'm 61 years old. I am practicing solo polyamorous and ethical non-monogamy, and I happen to be newly dating a trans man in his 50s. I have not seen a vagina since the last time I came out of my mother and her uterus and her vagina 61 years ago. I have only had sex with gay men, and this is so new and out of pocket for me. I didn't know that this person was trans until a friend told me, but I did not recoil. I am on a new adventure in my life at 61, and I have leaned into getting to know this person. We have had sex, and he just told me that what he really prefers is penetration. I'm learning everything about cunnilingus, (laughs) the clit, and I'm really enjoying that. However, when it's time to penetrate, I get all up in my head and I can't get an erection. It's happened like twice. I've had a conversation with him, and he says that he's also experiencing having sex with a cisgendered gay man as well. I get so nervous, I get up in my head and I'm just wondering how can I approach this uh, because I really like this guy, I really do. I feel good when we're together and he likes me too, but I wanna be able to satisfy his wants and I want him to satisfy me too. So if you have any advice or anything that you could assist me with, I would appreciate it very much.
3: You know, it's a funny thing. I had uh, sex with women before I came out when I was a teenager, 15, 16 years old. And I could do it. I could have PIV, vaginal intercourse, and stay hard and get off. But you know what I couldn't do? I couldn't go down. I couldn't eat pussy. I couldn't engage with the clitoris in any direct way. None of the women that I had sex with when I was a teenager had orgasms. Uh, And it was possible for me to to have this kind of sex. And I was really pressured into it. Like the culture, society, my church, my family, I thought I had to learn how to have sex with women. And my first takeaway, the first time I had sex with a woman was, oh, I can do this. I can fake this, you know, because I had sex with a woman and closed my eyes and pretended that she was a dude. I think I pretended she was Sean Cassidy. That's how long ago it was. And then as I, you know, slept with her some more and slept with a few other girls that I dated, the takeaway ultimately was, I can't do this. I can't fake this for the next 50, 60 years. And it's not fair to this woman that I'm doing this to, that I'm you know, shutting my eyes and jacking off inside of. And so going down on her would have like prevented me from closing my eyes and pretending that she was a man, you know, directly facing it would have shattered my carefully constructed uh, illusion that made it possible for me to perform at all. So, caller, that you are already exploring cunnilingus, that you're going down on, your new boyfriend, it seems to me that you've cleared the much bigger hurdle. And that if you just give yourself a little bit more time to acclimate uh, and take the pressure off your dick, because, you know, you probably, you know, it could be that you lost your erection because it's a vagina and your dick's never been in a vagina, but your face has just been in a vagina. Mm -hmm. And if you were hard when your face was in the vagina, I think you can stay hard when you put your dick in the vagina. And it may just be a coincidence that, you know, one of those things. You know, you're 61, I'm close, sometimes you lose your boners for random reasons and you've overdetermined determined the reason here and you're attributing it to, oh, because there's a vagina, my dick's never been in a vagina and now oh, you're in your head about it. Like you said, you're in your head about it. And the best way to get out of your head about this sort of thing is to take the pressure off and to enjoy sex and be patient, enjoy sex with your new partner. I don't know if they're a boyfriend yet, but enjoy sex with your new sex partner And if you're hard and you want to attempt penetration, go for it. If you lose your erection while attempting penetration, keep having sex, do other stuff. Boner comes back, get hard again, try again, but just relax. If you make it feel like everything, pleasure, this moment, the sex you're having, everything hinges on whether you can obtain and sustain, as they say in the ED med commercials, an erection. You are likelier to lose your erection, but if you go into it with the attitude that hard or not, I'm going to have fun, you're likelier to get hard. So here's to new experiences, here's to new possibilities, and here's to you getting hard and getting in there. I have to tell you guys about a great new service I found called Framebridge. FrameBridge makes it easier and more affordable than ever to frame your favorite things without ever leaving the house. Add a gallery photo wall to your home office or send an easy foolproof gift, great for all those weddings you have coming up, from art prints to posters to the photos, sitting on your phone, you can FrameBridge just about anything. Here's how it works. You go to FrameBridge.com and upload your photo or they'll send you packaging to safely mail in a physical piece. Preview your item online in dozens of frame styles and gallery wall layouts. Choose your favorite or get free recommendations from their talented designers. The experts at FrameBridge will then custom frame your item and deliver your finished piece directly to your door, ready to hang. Instead of the hundreds you'd pay at a framing store, FrameBridge's prices start at $39 and all shipping is free. Plus, my listeners get 15% off their first order at framebridge.com when you use my code savage order online at framebridge.com or stop by a framebridge store to work with a designer in person if you're in new york dc atlanta philly boston or chicago you know about 10 years ago right around the time instagram came into our lives terry and i stopped having photos framed to put on our photo wall now that instagram is awful and framebridge is here we've started putting frame photos back up on our walls again and it feels good After hanging a newly framed photo of me and Terry on vacation, we looked at our wall and realized our seven-year-old poodle and three-year-old Karen Terrier, important members of the family, were not up on the photo wall. They are now in a beautifully framed photograph, thanks to FrameBridge. Get started today, frame your photos, or send someone the perfect gift. Go to FrameBridge.com and use the promo code SAVAGE to save an additional 15% off your first order just go to framebridge.com, promo code SAVAGE. Let them know the Lovecast sent you. Framebridge.com, promo code SAVAGE. Hey, Dan. I'm a cis guy in New York. I'm in an open relationship and seeking out partners on the apps for casual hookups. I'm all about talking through safer sex precautions, so STI testing, condoms, birth control, etc., I'm wondering if it's also appropriate to ask a potential hookup partner about what they would do if they got pregnant from our sex, like in the case of protection failing. Is it weird
2: or offensive to ask someone if they would get an abortion if they were to get pregnant from our hookup? I understand they might change their mind, which is their choice, but if possible, I'd at least like to have an idea of their intentions ahead of time to avoid any surprises.
3: I think a woman gets to make her own decisions about her body or should get to make her own decisions about her body, including the decision to terminate a pregnancy or not. You think the same thing. I also think that you get to make your own decisions about your body, including where you put your dick and under what conditions or circumstances. And so, yeah, I think you can absolutely ask This question, what you can't do is control how the person you ask it of is going to react. I think most single women or partnered women seeking casual sex partners in New York, if some bye guy they wanted to hook up with asked them like if something terrible happened, if all three methods of birth control maybe that we're using here, condoms, pull out pill, condoms, pull out IUD, if they should all fail, what would you do then I think most women seeking casual sex partners in New York fucking city would say, I would go get a fucking abortion. That's what I would do then. And might be offended by you asking the question, not because they wouldn't have an abortion, uh, but because the answer to have an abortion under those circumstances is obvious, but you're allowed to ask. And if somebody is offended by that question or so weirded out by that question, by the reassurance that you're asking them for, that at least in anticipation of getting pregnant, they would have an abortion actually facing an unplanned pregnancy. They would get to make a decision at that point. You recognize their absolute right to make that decision, to revisit that decision at that point. But yeah, in New York city, I think you're likelier to encounter women who think the answer is so obvious that you didn't really need to ask that question, but it's your body. And if you would be more comfortable Knowing, hearing from someone that you're going to have casual sex with that they would get an abortion in the event of an unplanned pregnancy, you absolutely have a right to ask that question. Oh, and you're 30 years old. If you've decided that you don't want to have kids, if you and your partner have decided that you don't want to have kids, there is another birth control option for you, which is a vasectomy. You don't have to worry then about the pill failing, the condom breaking, or leaking, go. If you don't want kids, if you know that about yourself, you have the option to go get a vasectomy and then you don't necessarily have to have this conversation about an unplanned pregnancy because you're never going to create one. You're never gonna make one with some casual partner or with your permanent partner. But if you're still thinking about having kids in the next decade and you'd like to keep that option open, yeah, then you're going to have to use other birth control methods uh, and have these conversations and perhaps ask this question of your casual female sex partners. you order from DoorDash but wish you didn't have to pay delivery fees? Well, now you don't. During summer of Dash Pass, you can save money and enjoy new members-only offers every week on top of a $0, that's zero, zero delivery fee all year round. Say hello to Summer Savings during the summer of Dash Pass from DoorDash. With $0 delivery fees, exclusive items, and more than 25,000 members only offers nationwide, Dash Pass by DoorDash has everything you need to make your summer just a little easier. With your Dash Pass by DoorDash membership, you can save an average of $4 to $5 on every order you place for delivery or pickup. That means, on average, Dash Pass pays for itself when you order just twice a month. With members-only offers and items dropping every week, you'll have everything you need to make the most out of summer right at your fingertips, and you will save money. And my listeners save more. My listeners get 50% off your first order, up to $15 of value. Use promo code SAVAGE at checkout when you spend $12 or more. That's 50% off your first order, up to $15 value, when you sign up for DoorDash during Summer of Dash Pass using promo code SAVAGE. Don't forget, let them know the Lovecast sent you the code SAVAGE for 50% off your first order, up to $15 value. DashPass benefits only on eligible orders that meet the minimum subtotal. Terms apply.
5: Dan, you're the only person I can ask about this. I'm a 50-year-old, head woman, and I think I'm going to get fucked up the ass next week for the first time. So I'm in a companion at marriage, 20 years, we have been at sex in 16 years, but I have a person, a man that I've been having sex with for the last eight years. Straightforward heterosexual sex. Nothing, ex- you know, crazy. But in the last, like, two months, he's gotten into my ass. Like, putting his psych like, fingers in and, uh, you know, this is something I fantasized about my whole life, but never, like, would ever do because I would never want to have to ask for it, but someone wants to do it. So anyway, suddenly he's into it. I've listened to you for a long time, so I know play with toys, fingers, lots of lube. Oh, what else do I need to know? Because I think it's going to happen next time I see him. And I wanted to, but I feel very inexperienced at 50 years
3: old. Oh my God. You sound excited. I'm so excited for you. And whoever said that you can't teach old dogs new tricks or tempt old dogs to try new tricks? Uh, The first thing I would recommend to you is The Ultimate Guide to Anal Sex for Women, Tristan Tarmino's classic, originally published in 1997. There's a second edition, a revision out now. Um, Pick that up. Give it a read. If you don't have time to buy and read a book, if the anal is truly imminent, my advice to you would be the advice I've given to young gay men who've never had anal sex before. Anal sex ain't gay sex. Gay sex ain't anal sex. But young gay men who are about to explore what for many young gay men is a emotionally important kind of definitional sex act and have anal sex for the first time, which is like you said, lots of lube, tongue, fingers first. Also toys, maybe some toys that are a little smaller than his dick. And my advice is not to jump right to ass fucking what you really want to do. Cause for a lot of people, um, you know, the first time there may be a little bit of pain or maybe you, you may tense up. If you have to go from zero to 60, zero being, never had my ass fucked before to 60 some buddy with a dick slamming in and out of your ass and taking their pleasure on your ass and fucking your ass. That's too much. That kind of zero to 60. What you want to do first is get to 15 or 25 miles an hour to torture the metaphor. And Have some anal play during which you are being stimulated in other ways, ways that reliably get you off and have a few orgasms while your ass is engaged, while your ass is in play. Maybe that means he goes down on you when you have a butt plug-in or a vibrating butt plug-in or a small dildo. You like work on inserting, you know, an insertable that's not as intimidating as the insertable he came with. And... Then focus on your pleasure and create an association between that feeling of having something in your ass and an orgasm. Create a strong association between something up your butt and getting off and that kind of pleasurable sensation. And that'll make the first time he's going to slip his dick into you less scary. And it's one of the things that makes it sexy and arousing is that it is scary in some respect. All right. Once you get, you move on to ass fucking, you still have to regard or treat his dick as a toy. He can get it in you, but the point those first few times isn't for him to get it in you and slam it in and out of you and to fuck you for his pleasure. It's to get it in you, give that, give you, again, that filled up feeling that you associate with pleasure because you've had a bunch of orgasms with that filled up feeling just with you know, being filled up with other things or smaller things or vibrating things and pleasure yourself, get yourself off. And then you begin to move. You control the speed, depth, pace of the first time or the first few times you get fucked. So rather than thinking of it as he's going to fuck your ass, you're going to fuck your ass. You're going to fuck your ass with his dick like you might fuck your ass if you were alone with a dildo or a toy, which is something else I recommend to people who are just exploring ass play for the first time with a partner. Maybe some solo ass play, where you aren't having to weigh somebody else's turn-ons, desires, expectations as you see what your body is capable of and what kind of pleasure you can experience with anal stimulation. So pick up Tristan Tarmino's book, The Ultimate Guide to Anal Sex for Women. It's terrific. And the first few times you go there, you say he's already playing with your ass, so maybe you're already doing this, but the first few times you try anal to get fucked, not about his dick, it's about your butt and your pleasure. And the stronger a connection you can make, the stronger the association is between your butt being in play and you feeling pleasure, you getting off, the better the ass-fucking is going to be for you and for him when you get there, when you build up to it. And the better it is for you and for him when you get there, the more often you're gonna be excited about him doing that to you
0: this show is sponsored by Squarespace if you're setting up a business or getting a creative or political project off the ground you will find an indispensable partner in Squarespace they make it easy to put together a good-looking website blog or online store they have everything you need domains marketing tools analytics e-commerce They have great search engine optimization tools so every squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help raise your site higher on search results would you know how to do that i don't know how to do that squarespace empowers millions of creative types and entrepreneurs by providing them with the tools they need to bring their smart ideas to life you can put together video ads launch online courses put out a virtual tip jar all the tools you need to monetize your website and reach your goals are there waiting for you. You'll create powerful email content that matches your website with your existing products, blog posts, and logo, so your messaging is consistent and effective. And what's more, everything you make with Squarespace translates perfectly to mobile. Head on over to squarespace.com savage for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code savage to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash savage, and use the offer code savage.
1: Hey, Dan, mid-30s gay guy married here. I have a question about moving cross-country for spouse's dream job. The deal is, my husband has been working towards getting a job at a Michelin star restaurant all of his life, and I don't want to stand in the way of him taking this job. I have a very comfortable, queer, unionized job, and I am very comfortable and my neighborhood. The job opportunity that he has would take us to the East Coast in a town of 100 people. Now, where I live currently, I have a vast network of ex-lovers, best friends, chosen family, job opportunities, as well as opportunities for affordable housing. The housing is only offered under the circumstances that I am single. How do I allow my husband to take a job in a place that I am terrified to move to because I cannot come up with an exit strategy for that situation? I've spent my life building a network in a very liberal state, and I am terrified to move to a small town where I have no friends, and all the people I would interact with will be his coworkers. I've never driven a car, and I've never had a driver's license. And I have no desire to drive. But I would have to drive to find work in the nearest cities. And that work will not be unionized. It will be minimum wage and service positions. What would you do? What should I do? How do I allow him to live his life without giving up my life?
3: Wait, you say your housing is only available to people who are single and yet you're married, hence this problem. So is your is your husband, does he not live with you? Are you sneaking him in? Is he a puppy and you passed him off as a pet? Inquiring minds want to know, you know, I've known a lot of people who've worked in the restaurant industry and those kinds of jobs, um, Michelin starred restaurants or, you know, gigs in restaurants where people have ambitions they are often stepping stones. They People throw themselves into them for a couple of years and then they move on. So maybe the solution here is for you and your husband to agree to do the long distance thing for a while. The previous caller so far has made it work for 1.5 years with his boyfriend uh, doing the long distance thing as they think about marriage. You can make it work. I've been doing a long distance thing for years and years and years myself. You can make this work. You describe your life as, you know, you have this vast network of ex-lovers and best friends and chosen family. And yet there's this underlying assumption from your question, uh, informing your dilemma, that since you two are husbands, you need to live together at all times. And that's not necessarily... True, you can allow him to take this job. It is unreasonable, I think, for him to expect you to come to a town of 100 people where you'll be cut off from everyone and everything you know, where you don't know how to drive, you don't have a car. I think it's more reasonable for you to say to him, look, chase your dreams. Go work in that Michelin-starred restaurant. I will hold down the fort here. You can come here on vacations. I will come there to see you on vacations. We'll talk every night on Zoom. We'll jack off on the internet a lot together. And then we'll see if this turns into a permanent gig or his next job takes him somewhere else. And you guys are sick of doing the long distance thing. Well, then you can revisit the conversation about where you're going to live and whether you're going to move or... He can move back to where you are. He can, as many people do, who are ambitious, striving, you know, chefs, cooks, restaurateurs who get jobs in Michelin-starred restaurants. It's not to work in somebody else's Michelin-starred restaurant forever. It's to open your own place someday. And maybe instead of panicking about the short term, you should be talking about the long term and seeing if there isn't a long-term plan For him to come back to where you live, to where you met, where you are based, where you have your union job, where you have your network of friends and ex-lovers. And open his dream restaurant there, where you live, in the big or bigger city. But right now, you don't have to decide to go with him. Right now, you can decide to do things a little differently, to be queer husbands and long-distance at least for the next year, and then revisit this conversation and this, perhaps a year from now, this conflict and come to some agreement Then maybe he'll move back, maybe you'll move there, or maybe you'll move to the city the next restaurant that he's going to work in is at, and maybe that'll be a bigger, better city. All right, before we get to this week's listener response calls, Let's read some listener tweets. KT Benjamin tweets, after your mini rant at the top of the show regarding how to build a sex room, Dan, and given that you only watched episode one, I thought you should see this thread from a reputable source, at Girl on the Net, showing that it does indeed get better. Well, it turns out at Girl on the Net also hated the first episode, just like I did, but she stuck with the show, which I didn't, and she wound up falling in love with it, so... I may need to take a little more time to heal from episode one and that white sofa and white shag carpeting in the anal sex dungeon. Once I do, I will give How to Build a Sex Room another chance. Eric V. tweets, Republicans secretly love what they publicly hate. Searches for trans porn highest in red state. Eric V. links to a piece at lawsuit.org headlined, Data finds that Republicans are obsessed with searching for transgender porn. And it would appear to be true of the 20 states with the most searches for trans porn. Only one is a blue state, Illinois, coming in at number eight. And two are reddish purple, Michigan and Pennsylvania at 16 and 20th place, respectively. Texas comes in first, followed by Georgia, Kentucky, Missouri, and Kansas. And finally, Jake Van Slat tweets to all my dear friends heading to Burning Man this year, please act with love and intention and practice harm reduction. This stuff sounds awful. Jake then links to my conversation about monkeypox with Dr. Carlton Thomas. Yeah, wherever you're going right now, you're going to want to act with love and intention and practice harm reduction. And that can mean, for many of us, limiting your number of sex partners. That is the wisest choice at the moment. Have more sex with fewer people. All right, if you want me to read your tweet on an upcoming episode of the Savage Lovecast, be sure to include the hashtag Savage Lovecast. And a big thank you to everyone who posted about the show to your social media last week. We see it. We really appreciate it. Help spread the word about the Lovecast. All right. Listener response calls.
6: This is a call in response to the guy in episode 822 who was on the dating site and was sending money and Bitcoin to a supposed person. You're getting scammed, man. You're possibly on the verge of having your identity stolen. If you're ever talking to anyone and they start demanding anything like Bitcoin, it is a very common scam. And this person is probably not even based in the United States. So it makes it even harder to prosecute them when they have stolen your identity. I would change all of your email passwords, all of your passwords for everything maybe even start canceling credit cards and even changing banks. You have been sucked into a a really bad trap and you need to stop all communication because based on your call, it sounds like you're like a really nice guy, but you're being a little too nice in this situation.
7: Hi, this is in response to the woman who called in episode 822 about wanting a biological child, but having a boyfriend who had two children from a previous relationship and does not want more children. I found myself in a similar position several years ago when I met my husband. He was in his late 40s with two young kids from a previous marriage. I was in my mid-30s and on the fence about having kids. Ultimately, we decided not to have our own biological child. It's obviously a very personal decision, but a perspective from several years down the road, I can tell you, I truly feel like I have the best of both worlds. We split custody with my husband's ex. So half the time when we have the kids, it's wonderful. I get to indulge my parental instinct and we do fun family activities. And the other half of the time, it's just my husband and me. And we We get to focus on our relationship, and it's been absolutely fantastic. Again, a very personal decision, but one of the benefits of split custody is the ability to just really focus on and grow your relationship and also have that time for yourself.
2: Hi, comment on episode 822, the man that discovered he's not the biological father of his four-year-old. If you think the bio dad has a low chance of causing problems or suing for custody, it might be worth reaching out and establishing communication just to get medical history. Your child already has some medical challenges. It might be worth the risk to learn more so you're better prepared. But whatever you decide, it's clear to me that this kid is lucky to have you as their logical father.
3: And we're going to leave it got a question for next week's Lovecast or something to say about something I said on this week's Lovecast, you can use the voice memo app on your phone to record your question or your comment and then email it to us at voicemail at savagelovecast.com. You can also call us at 206-302-2064. This Thursday at 12 Pacific time, I will be hopping into SAC Lunch, my monthly Zoom hangout exclusively for Magnum Savage Lovecast subscribers. If you've never joined, this is your opportunity to ask me your sex question and relationship questions live, where you can try your hand at giving a little sex advice with me, chatting one-on-one about any of the questions that we receive. That's this Thursday, SAC Lunch at 12 Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern. All Magnum Savage Lovecast subscribers will receive the Zoom link via email Thursday morning. Be sure to read Savage Love at savage.love slash savage love. August 18th, National Couples Day. Best by ever gave couples was Fuck First. And you can get Fuck First on a beautiful mug. A daily reminder to you and your other half. Go to savage.love slash shop and get that mug down. Follow me on Twitter at Fake Dan Savage. Follow Zachary Zane on Twitter at ZacharyZane. And you can also right now pre-order his coming book, Boy Slut. Go order it right now. And also follow the Tech Savvy at Risk Youth on Twitter at Lovecast, T-S-A-R-Y. The Savage Lovecast is produced every week by Nancy Artunian and me and the Tech Savvy at Risk Youth and Nancy. I'll we'll be back at you next week from installment of the Savage Lovecast. Done. That.